Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Good morning. We're back. It's Wednesday, December 30th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7 Sports Senior Writer. Jeff, this is my first time in like a week doing the College Football Daily, so I'm back. Um, I'm not sure you've ever been on, so you're here for the first time, and the team we're talking about looked pretty good last night. So Texas, so, so, so that's why I said we're back. <laughs> The so Texas, yeah, 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 yeah they're yeah. they're they're, they're back you, to the Alamo Bowl. To I want you again. to pour some. I want you to pour some cold water on all of us. Texas won fifty-five to twenty-three over Colorado. Two pretty interesting bowl games yesterday, Jeff. Uh, Miami versus Oklahoma State in the Cheez It Bowl. Oklahoma State beat Miami. Miami suffered what looked like a bad injury to Derek King, but came back and, and played pretty well. So the Big Twelve went two and zero yesterday, and Texas really pulled away from Colorado after senior quarterback Sam Ellinger left the game with a shoulder injury. So I got to ask Jeff, like, do you think Texas fans are in their rights to be wildly excited for the future? That includes new quarterback, Casey Thompson and, and freshman superstar B. John Robinson at running back. Uh, haven't we all been here before? Like, isn't this groundhog day? Don't Texas fans do this every December now? Like you have an underwhelming season, you go to a bowl game, you, win convincingly and then you convince yourself that yeah this is the time where you turn the corner I, you know I don't know Trey how, how you can as a Texas fan how you can watch that game and treat it as anything other than what it was like we've said these teases under Tom Herman before but treat it as what it was that was a game where and, and watching both teams you know, I was at the Alamo Dome last night and, and watching both teams on the hoof um I even commented to someone in the press box. I mentioned it in our game, Third Horns 24 7. I said, this could be a bloodbath. Like Colorado physically, like Carl Durrell deserved Pac 12 Coach of the Year because how he won four games with that roster, with the way it looked, I, I have no idea. And, you know, you thought, wow, Texas is going to run away. And, and Texas did what they've tended to do under Tom Herman against lesser opponents, you know, when they're, I, had the number last night, you know, Texas was an 8.9, 8 point favorite going into the game. So you realize before last night, Texas under Tom Herman, when favored by six or more points, they're eight, 12 and three against the spread. Like they, that, that label that Texas plays out of their competition was alive and well, but not in bowl games. And they played with their food in the second quarter. And then like you mentioned, I mean, Sam Ellinger, you know, we got the news when the team's coming out of the tunnel that he's out and Casey Thompson's in. And, I mean, Casey Thompson was nearly flawless last night, 8 of 10, 170 yards, four touchdowns. But B. John Robinson was the story. So, 
don't buy into, oh, has Texas turned a corner? Are they making this big push under Tom Herman? Is this the time now where, where, where they take that next step? Treat it as that was a Texas team that looked much more competent than Colorado. They looked like they should have dominated Colorado, and that's essentially what they did. But to, to your question that you asked like 10 minutes ago, yeah, buy into the young talent on this team because you know there's a reason why we do recruiting rankings and why they matter. And when you look at the guys in that game, the, the four- and five-star guys in the 24-7 sports composite that played in that game and played well last night, Tyler Johnson at right guard making his first career start. Jake Majors at center. Andre Carrick at left tackle. I mentioned Bijan Robinson. Casey Thompson was a four-star prospect. Alfred Collins we had as a five-star prospect. And good Lord, I mean, if you're if you're Barton Simmons, Steve Wolfong, and, and members on our rankings council, pat yourself on the back for making Alfred Collins a, a five-star prospect because he's he looks like a three-and-done guy that's going to be a first-round pick. He was that good. Jaron Thompson was a blue-chip guy. So, yes. If you're going to buy into anything, buy into that Texas has a lot of young talent and just based on talent alone in 2021, regardless of who the coach is, they're going to be in the mix to win just about every game on the schedule. At least they should. The College Football Daily will be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Glad you mentioned Colorado. The Buffaloes aren't good. And and I, I think they might have been playing with like 49 players, Jeff. I just pulled up the, the team talent composite rating for Colorado. They're they're 46th, um, which is like higher than Texas Tech, higher than Iowa State. But I, I think that's boosted by five-star Antonio Alfano, the former number one recruit in the top two four seven, who's on the team at Colorado, but isn't playing. Um, so so Texas wins by 32. Do you think these warm and fuzzy feelings? that anyone might be feeling today and the rest of the week will be enough to absolutely for once and for all silence any reservations about whether Tom Herman's returning for 2021, because I know nationally people think that's a lock and I have had chip Brown on a few weeks to talk about that. And it makes sense like why the pursuit of urban Meyer didn't work, but in reading the message boards and just like in sniffing around Austin stuff, Jeff, Texas, some Texas fans still think he could leave. I'd say, Trey, at this point, the majority, you know, based on my interactions with fans on our message board, on social media, you know, on the, my radio show I do daily, on the Longhorn Blitz podcast, like the majority of this fan base is ready to move on from Tom Herman. Like they feel like no matter what would have happened last night, they feel like they've seen enough. This is a team they're going to lose a game or two every year. They have no business losing. And, and they probably did that this year, even though, I mean, two of the teams they lost to, were wound up in the Big 12 championship game, but they had ample opportunities to beat TCU, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. But this is just a fan base that feels like, hey, we've seen this before. We, we've seen Tom Herman kind of flip the switch in bowl games, but what does it really mean? It hasn't translated into Texas, you know, being in more Big 12 championship games or being in the Big 12 championship game the last two years or having one of those nine or ten win seasons, even though this year was a, a truncated year. You know, from a fan perspective, Trey, I think Texas could have won that game last night 100 to nothing 
and it, and it wouldn't have mattered. I just think people are, are going to move on from Tom Herman. But I think what national people need to realize, and I've written this a couple of times, I've said it a couple of times, the Tom Herman conversation, just to add context to it, people need to realize it's about more than just looking at raw numbers of wins and losses or AP top 25 finishes or what the numbers look like under Tom Herman compared to where they were under Charlie Strong. It's the way Texas is losing. It's the fact that Tom Herman, since he got to Texas, has coached more coached in more one-possession games than anybody else in the country. I know anybody else in the Big 12, I think they've had one more one-possession games than anybody in the country. In terms of they've had more one-possession losses than anybody in the Big 12. And for a team, Trey, I don't know if you still got the team talent composite in front of you, but for a team as talented on paper as Texas is, especially in a year where you had the most experienced quarterback in the Big 12. We talk about the importance of that position in this league. Yes, you can say Texas was a couple plays here and there away from being undefeated, but you can also look at it and say, okay, you're an onside kick in Lubbock. You're a, a roughing the punter call on fourth and 22 from, from maybe having from, uh, in Stillwater uh, and a couple of close bang, bang, non-call pass interference situations at home against West Virginia, maybe away from having six losses. So I think it's just that nature, the way Tom Herman coaches, just I mentioned the numbers against the spread, Texas tends to live on the edge, and then you throw in the eyes of Texas situation. You throw in the fact that I, I still, Trey, have yet to publicly hear even the Crystal Conte, like the vote of confidence in Tom Herman was about as clear as mud. Like it did that like you needed, like Chip Brown needed to go back to Crystal Conte and say, hey, when you said he's our coach, did you mean for 2021? Does it mean right now? Like, like what does it mean? I, I haven't heard any prominent donor, benefactor, anybody step up and stump for Tom Herman, stand up for Tom Herman. So I, I think from, you know, when people nationally talk about the Tom Herman, have the Tom Herman conversation, you need to understand if it was just about raw numbers of wins and losses, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. It's about much more than, than just what the numbers look like on the surface. A hundred percent. And you mentioned the team talent composite. Texas is fifth. Maybe some of its its five stars never really panned out, but there are only a few teams nowadays in college football, as you know, who can blow teams out. And that's what Texas fans want to do because that's what Mac Brown used to do. And Texas is in the neighborhood of talent with the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Alabamas and the Notre Dames to blow people out. And they just simply, with the exception of last night against, against Colorado, they never do that. I, I got to stay on the Tom Herman thing. And then, and then we'll, we'll talk about Sam Ellinger and get you out of here, Jeff. But like it's, we're clearly in Clay Helton territory right now where one statement doesn't silence anything. And, and it seems like Texas is, does, does Chris Conte, the AD, does he have to make another statement or like, do you expect they're either going to, back channel their way to a slam dunk higher in the next two weeks. And you'd think it, it wouldn't be any longer than that. Are they just going to just like kind of awkwardly coast into spring football with Tom Herman still as a head coach? Me personally, Trey, I, I don't like the way this has been handled. I mean, I, look, it, Texas was going to keep Tom Herman, right? If that, if that's crystal Conte's decision, then the minute you got a strong indication, a no, whatever the dialogue was from Urban Meyer's people, that he did not want that job, he, he, he's not ready to get back into coaching, at least at the college level. If Tom Herman's your guy, the minute you got that, put out a statement that says, Tom Herman's our coach in, in 2021, and he's getting a fifth year. Like, say it 
right then. But the fact that you waited, and again, that statement, that vote of confidence, it should it should have been clear enough that Chip and other people didn't have to go to the AD and say, "Hey, can you clarify what you said?" Because it didn't really say anything. That I don't I don't think a, just a statement is going to do it, Trey. Because let's face it, like even when the Urban Meyer flirtations were happening, I mean, and, and we reported this on the site, like Texas was at least researching other candidates. Like we know, uh, you know, James Franklin, Mario Cristobal, Matt Campbell. Like there were guys they looked into like there were some people with Texas ties that showed some interest in Dan Mullen. Obviously that was before the show calls and everything that's happened. And and Chip even reported uh, before the Iowa state game that, Hey, he was getting uh, word from industry sources that Brian Kelly would at least be willing to listen. Now to say Brian Kelly would mm-hmm. be willing to listen from a source and assuming Brian Kelly's going to be the next head coach of Texas, you've got miles to go before you cross that that hypothetical bridge so i don't know that there's any point going down that road but no i i I think trey what's going to happen is you're at some point in the next in the coming days maybe the next week you're gonna have a meeting between crystal conta the athletic director jay hartzell the president and kevin elton the chairman of the board of regents about the direction of the football program i think coming out of that meeting is going to be one of two things Either they have this search where you're going to look for a clear upgrade from Tom Herman. And if one can be found that everybody, you know, the guys pony, ponying up the money for that, if there's somebody that everybody can agree on that is an upgrade from Tom Herman, I think that move's going to be made. If there's no agreement that there's an upgrade to be made, then I, I think Tom Herman, then Tom Herman's going to be back, you know, whichever one of those you want to put money on, I guess, go ahead. But until that meeting happens with the chairman of the board of regents, the athletic director and the school president, I don't think anybody can assume anything one way or the other about what's going to happen with this job right now. This is blowing my mind because to me, they already had the exploratory period where they wanted Urban Meyer, tried to get Urban Meyer, didn't get Urban Meyer. This is so, this is so crazy. This is like so typical of Texas that, Exactly. This is exactly. So insane. This this is crazy. This isn't nearly as juicy as your Tom Herman stuff, but I think college football fans across the country will care because it's Sam Ellinger, who's a four year player, and people rag on him. I rag on him a lot. He drives me crazy sometimes. But four year starting quarterbacks in college are, are pretty rare. I I can't see him coming back. And and I so you were in the Alamo Dome press box last night. You didn't hear the ESPN call. Like they kept teasing like. Like this was some huge, big dilemma. And as I understand it, he was expected to not come back. He's been kind of throwing like a, a few um, salvos that he might. And and Texas fans really are ready to move on. And there's been some backlash to that. Now, that 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 just might be the, the, the crazy 5% on the message boards and not, you know, the Longhorn fan base at large. But it kind of it it was it was sad to see Sam, you know, not play in the second half of his perhaps final game ever. But I, I also at the same time think all Texas fans are hoping that was his final Texas game ever. It's interesting, Trey. I'm, I'm kind of building this history where I'm around Sam Ellinger at like some of these just crushing moments in his career. Like I was at this state championship game, his junior season at, at NRG when uh, they lost an overtime game to, to Galena Park North Shore. I mean, the Big 12 championship game, uh, his sophomore year where, you know, he ends up taking a safety and, uh, they lose that game to Oklahoma. And, and then last night, like, I've just gone through this whole season, Trey. Like, this was my mindset going into the year, even knowing it was a truncated year. And I felt like 
yes, I'm on the right path to this. Like after the Texas Tech game, which that to me kind of epitomizes what Sam Ellinger has been like. There's been so many times in the Tom Herman era where the game plan offensively, it just seems like, look, just put the ball in Levin's hands if you've got a chance to win it in the last two minutes and see if he can go win it for you. Like it has, it's been, it's felt like that. I don't know if unorganized is the way you want to, the term you want to use or unorthodox, but that's what it's been. And you look at Sam Allen in a Texas Tech game. I'm thinking, Trey, at some point this fall, I'm going to be able to write like the definitive Sam Ellinger story. And, and it's going to be this great ending, the ending that, that this story deserves. Mm. And I think, I think last night just kind of sums up Sam Ellinger's career. Like to me, Sam Ellinger just deserved so much better than the way it ended. Like Sam Ellinger deserved much more than to be, to, to have this team win seven games and, and go back to the Alamo bowl. And I know in a pandemic know year, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, in the year where the ta- he was the most experienced quarterback coming back in the big 12, the table was set for Texas to win big and gosh, like, like the Oklahoma game, like you couldn't ask Sam Ellinger to do more to help you win that game in October than what he did. And that's kind of one of the stories of Sam Ellinger's career too, Trey. Like when you look at the games he's lost, there are games where he played great. But, you know, maybe it was Will Greer or Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow, uh, you know, mm-hmm. one of these top guys that end up getting drafted pretty high in the NFL that are just a little bit better than him on that day. And I, I look, I come from the perspective, Trey, and I've been accused of being a Sam Ellinger apologist, and I'll, I'll wear that badge of honor proudly. To be honest, I come I come at this from a perspective of look. I, I've covered this program in the post Colt McCoy era, and I've seen you know Garrett Gilbert to David Ash to Case McCoy to Tyrone Swoops to Gerard Hurd, uh, Shane Bouchelle. I don't know if I missed anybody who started a game in there at some point, but uh, just how up and down, and quite frankly, at times how bad the quarterback situation at Texas has been. And Sam Ellinger, you know, Shane Bouchelle got Texas out of quarterback hell. But Sam Ellinger got that position at Texas back to where it should be, where, you know, that position should be competent enough to be able to win you every game. If you're doing, if you're a coach and you're doing it the right way at Texas, unfortunately, that part of lead you leads you out of the wilderness and on the, on the cusp of greatness, that unfortunately where it looks like Sam Ellinger's legacy is going to be, Trey, what it's going to be and where it's going to end. I, I don't think he's coming back. I mean, I said before the game, I, I felt it was 80-20, he was gone, and then that was conservative. I, I don't – I think this is kind of like last year. Remember when Sam at the Alamo Bowl press conference said, oh, yeah, I put my name in the you – know, I got feedback from the draft advisory committee, and I'm like, there was nobody that believed Sam Ellinger was turning pro after his junior year. Just like now, I don't think there's anybody – I mean – the door's not completely open. You can't say it's 100% for sure, but I think it's more like probably 85, 15, 90, 10 that, that he's coming, that he's, that he's gone, you know, based on everything we've heard to, to this point. I think so too, Jeff. And I think all of, all of his, maybe his, his lowest career moments, um, I think Tom Herman has probably compounded that to a little bit where Sam maybe just had to do a little bit too much than he was able to. Jeff Howe, follow him on Twitter at Jeff Howe 247 Jeff, it was great to have you on. We got some fun football today, Wisconsin and Wake Forest, and then Duke's Mayo Bowl, and then Oklahoma versus Florida in the Cotton Bowl tonight. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening to the College Football Daily. Our producer is Amos Lance Lynn. I'm Trey Scott. We'll talk to you all on Thursday. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.